The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Week 18 of the 2023 regular season. Let's go. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Taking the Points podcast, part of the SB Nation NFL show presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Agent eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. As always, I am Chris Dunnels at Chris Dunnels on your favorite social media. Joined, as always, by the one, the only, Jay Spence. Spence, say hello to the people. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody had a great holiday, a great new year, and uh, you were able to have some fun and do some things with your loved ones. And same for you, Chris. I hope you were able to enjoy your new year, and uh, I hope you didn't party and drink too much, man. Did you? Did you? Everything. Well, you're you're the you're the law, so I know you didn't do anything wrong. I did nothing wrong, and I have two small children, so all I had to do was try to work real hard to keep two small human beings alive, which is never that easy. But my New Orleans Saints, they didn't hit my bet of the week because I picked the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, MVP Mayfield, uh, to come up and upset my Saints. But the Saints actually won, and and won fairly convincingly. The the final score was like 23-13. They won by double digits, and it was actually closer – uh, with the final score, then the game actually kind of dictated the, the Buccaneers scored a touchdown late to make it 23-13. Otherwise, the Saints had that game in the bag the entire time. So I busted out my Baker Mayfield garbage bag trash jersey on your behalf. Uh, so it was a good week of football for me. I tell you, though, that that's the problem with me, and that's why I go so hard on Baker's. Like, I started to give him any type of compliments. I said, oh, Baker's balling out. Baker's doing this. Baker and Mike Evans look like this. And then he comes out, and they completely crap the bed against your Saints. So, yeah, I'm back to hating on Baker. So I don't care. Everybody can say what they want about me. I'm back to hating on Baker. Yeah, because my Saints are incredible. Your Bills, on the other hand, barely, barely eke out a win, less than a touchdown over the the piss poor Patriots, what happened there, Spence? Is that how you see it? I see that's it as a big it. dub. <laughs> I that's see how it I as see week it. eighteen. It's for the division. It's AFC East or nothing. For the, I for see it as Bailey Zappy threw three picks and you still only won by six points. That's how I see it. Hey, to me that 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 lets me know my defense was dominant. That's what that lets me know. Well, speaking of the AFC, what what I saw is Josh Allen just 
completely fall off the face of the earth with his potential MVP run and Lamar Jackson just cemented with his performance last week against the Dolphins. I don't know. I mean, I, yes, I don't I don't care if Josh wins it or not for, for me. Uh, but the thing is, when I have to look at this, then I start to ask the question. And this is a, a real question. Um, so are we going to say Lamar Jackson is MVP based off of the game or based off the season? Now, that game, it was probably his best game of the year. He threw, I think, what was it, five touchdowns? That's right. It was a great it was a great game for him. But if you look at him throughout the season, it's been a defensive effort over there with with Baltimore. I think their team has been led by the defense, and I think Lamar Jackson has done some great things. I've said all season that, I, that he's played great. I love Lamar. But, you know, when you look at the MVP over the last six, seven seasons, you're typically a guy that has, like, phenomenal stats across the board for the entire season. Uh, you're typically the guy that has – now, he's on, he's on the best roster uh, for the AFC. You know, they have the number one seed, but – I just don't I don't see it being that he's being the dominant factor that's causing those guys to to like win huge every week. I just don't see it that way. See, I I agree in part, but then I disagree as far as the MVP goes, because there's a lot of what have you done for me lately? There's a lot of the recent results will kind of stick out in people's minds. So there were people clamoring for Brock Purdy and he was one of the favorites to win the NFL MVP. And then he has, what, four turnovers Yes, that's what's mad ago. at me about that, because I'm like, yeah, he's not the MVP on that team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were people talking about McCaffrey as a non-quarterback MVP, and then he has a not-so-great game last week, and he was already going to have a hard time not being a quarterback. There were people talking about Josh Allen and his Week 17 less than 200 yards and, and a pick, I think. And then you've got Lamar on the other side, who throws for 321 with five touchdowns. So... Mm-hmm. If you're just looking at kind of surging at the right time, as far as the voters' eyes are concerned, I think it's Lamar's to lose. Week 18, anything could happen, and and we'll have to see what players end up playing in Week 18. That's always a, a risk and a concern across the NFL. But absent something huge happening one way or the other, I feel like Lamar's the MVP. So if you could place a bet now on DraftKings or otherwise, last minute for M- MVP, my money's on Lamar. What about you, though, Spence? Well, I tell you what, just literally based on exactly what you just said, um, for me, if you're going to do that, then I'm I'm still going to. I mean, as a Bills fan, I'm still going to ride with Josh Allen. So he's plus thirty five hundred as of this as of the time that we're recording this podcast. You said barring anything big happens. Look, the Bills versus Miami in Miami Sunday night football is winner take all. If Josh Allen comes out and he plays the way he typically plays against Miami, if you go back and you look like Josh Allen, basically he owns Miami. It's like they're nine and one over the last 10 games. He's like, I think he's had something crazy, like 18 touchdowns to one interception and just something crazy. If he comes out and he has a four touchdown game, 350 yards, 80 on the ground, like he typically, and I'm not, I know those numbers sound maddenish. That's typically how he plays against Miami. Go back and look. If he has one of those games, it, it could very easily jump. Oh, the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East on Sunday night football in front of the nation. Josh Allen dominates. I could see it going either way, but but I'm with you. I think, you know, based on what you're saying and based on how things have gone to this point, it's Lamar Jackson's to lose, yeah. But he's not going to play. If he does, I think it might be for a, a, a quarter, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe a single drive even, like a yeah. preseason game, and then go ahead and, and, and rest Lamar, so we'll maybe – Maybe rest Odell Beckham Jr., another older veteran, and a few other of those deep uh, star play star players on that team. Last week, 
we talked about coming in, we had one of the lowest over-unders for a Thursday night football game we had all season with the Jets and the Browns. And I think I made a comment to you, Spence, and said the last time we had such a low over-under, the same one of 35 points, one team single-handedly surpassed that over-under. It's when the Raiders put up 50 points against the Chargers and got the whole Chargers uh, front office fired. The exact same thing happened last week with the Browns and Jets. The over-under, I said, you know what? This could very well be a game where everyone across the NFL thinks it's going to be super low scoring and we're going to get shocked because one team's going to put up a whole bunch of points. I had said the whole podcast, if it was going to be anyone, it was going to be the Browns. You were riding the the, the Jets and, and the change at quarterback, thinking that was going to make a difference. It didn't. And the Jets stunk it up to Joe Flacco in the Flacco revenge game. Yeah, the Jets are trash. <laughs> the Jets are trash, man. I, now, you know, as a Bills fan, obviously, I, I'm not, I didn't really want to pick the Jets for anything. So I did pick the Browns to win the game. I just felt like the Jets would make it interesting at least i thought Brees Brees had a decent game i still thought Brees played well but yeah i thought it would be a little bit different but no the browns just came out man and joe flacco just man he looked he looked a way that like we're just not used to seeing joe flacco look and hey if 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 he can have good games during the playoffs i tell you what the browns i don't think they're gonna do anything without a real you know he's He's old at this ooh, point. But ooh, what, what, what were you about to say? Without what? Without I'm what's going to the Browns. Now I'm saying in the playoffs, yeah. they can make some play, they can make some noise in those first no, no, couple No, no, no. I want weeks. you to finish that sentence you started. You don't think the Browns are going to do anything in the playoffs without a No, they're real, not gonna they're what? not gonna win the Super Bowl. With, they're not they're not even without gonna, a no. real what? Without a, a real, real quarterback. Like this guy is old, bro. Like, are you kidding me? He's not are a real quarterback. You, you hear that, Brownie Nation? Flacco's not even a real quarterback. He's not a real quarterback. And I'll say it again. You know, to to all my neighbors, I love the Browns. You know I love the Browns fans. However, uh, this is not happening. Like, we're not going to sit here and act like Joe Flacco is going to change or save your season. Like, it's over. It's okay. It's okay. Here, here's a question for you, and, and I'll ask it kind of in two ways. So the first part is, uh, okay, well, stats comes in. Flacco has eight interceptions in five games. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I picked Flacco INT as one of my bets of the week. Uh, the bet that couldn't pass up. Flacco at least one interception. I think Spence had Najoku as a first touchdown score of the game. That almost hit, but didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Flacco's playing perfect. What I'm saying is Flacco has thrown for over 300 yards in, I, I think, the last five weeks now. And we've talked about all season long the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense is good enough to where if Flacco throws a pick and the Browns' defense is faced with a short field, they can still stop, get a turnover themselves. We, I remember last week, Spence, you and Stats both had Browns DST uh, as one of the bets of the week for that game. Stats is correcting me. Flacco with over 300 in four of the past five games. Still, something that we never saw from Joe Flacco when he was prime Joe Flacco in Baltimore. That's not a thing. Can but, I? But can I stop you too, real quick? Go oh, ahead. Like four of the last five games, three hundred yards. Like, and you're talking as if like he just went on this amazing run. Like they beat the Jets, they beat the Texans without C.J. Stroud, they beat the Bears, and they beat the Jaguars without. That was that was when uh, Lawrence was injured. So again, like you're, they, they're not like beating, uh, you know, world change. They're not beating the 49ers again. I know they beat them earlier in the year, nineteen to seventeen, but that wasn't a game with Joe Flacco being great. Like that's. 
They're not beating the top teams. So I'm just saying, like, you you're know, talking let's, about let's winning. The brakes on this yeah. Joe Flacco talk. You're talking about winning and their defense. You know, right. Maybe not I'm saying a whole in the playoffs. But what in the I'm playoffs, is, you're playing against the top teams. You're not playing against the Jets. C.J. Stroud not being in for the Texans has very little to do with Flacco's ability to move the ball against the Texans' defense. Same with the Jaguars or whoever but else you want this. to talk about. See, when when people when people make that argument, you have to also understand that quarterback play also dictates what happens defensively. C.J. Stroud being in there and that Texans' offense is a whole lot better. They're scoring points. It's it's a completely different scenario. So it's like you're you know who knows we can we can go and touch about so many different little things that could have changed field position and all these different things. C.J. Stroud being in that game absolutely changes it. And if you're gonna say yeah, but C.J. Stroud doesn't matter on an offense, you know, just like I do know, Chris, like when a quarterback is missing out of a game, it changes it completely. I agree with that, but I'm saying we X can't just at the same time championship. <laughs> we can't just at the same time completely ignore. Flacco and what he's done. Uh, go ahead, stats. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, and for those listening, stats came in and gave me the death stare because I mentioned the NFC Championship when the 49ers were without a quarterback. I, I'm not necessarily saying that Joe Flacco is playing at an MVP level and he's going to steal it over Lamar or anything like that. I'm just saying you can't discredit everything that he's been able to do coming in off the street on the Browns offense and being able to put up points in the NFL. I don't care what defense it is. I don't care if it's the worst defense in the NFL. These are NFL teams. He's done it multiple weeks and that deserves some recognition. Okay. We can recognize that it's what you want to recognize and that's fine. But I just don't think once it gets to the, to the playoffs and they're going up against teams uh, who, you know, who deserve to be in the playoffs. I just don't see them winning the same way. It's just not happening. Are the Browns getting bounced in the first round? I can absolutely. It doesn't even matter who they go up against. Uh, quarterback play and, and good running games are what wins in the playoffs. Obviously, defense, and they have that part of it. But you have to you have to be able to score in the playoffs, especially against these teams that that they'll be going up against. So I was going to ask a question. I want to still ask now. Let's pretend like hindsight. We have the benefit of hindsight. There's no idea that Deshaun Watson never gets hurt. We're going to assume he's healthy, but playing at the level he was playing at before he was hurt. We'll also assume Joe Flacco plays at his level if he's hired and, and signed in week one. Based on compensation and results, do the Browns still make the trade for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> no. I would never make that trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, even, even without it. So, I was trying to I basically had this conversation the other day, um, even without let's just say Joe Flacco doesn't play at the level that he's played at. Let's just say he plays at the level Deshaun Watson has played at that's the, the contract that Deshaun Watson has played at or that he has the level that he's played to has not matched that contract. So you would take Joe Flacco's contract and production 10 times out of 10 over what you got out of Deshaun Watson. And and I'm saying that as take everything from the the off field stuff, take that and put it to the side. I'm not I'm not discussing that. But you know, I used to be a huge fan of his in, in Houston. He was you know he was a great quarterback. I used to love watching him and all this. He looks nothing like that guy. He looks nothing like that. So the contract, I think, is highway robbery, man. And um, you know, you you almost if if you're a fan of the game and you're a fan of those type of moves, 
you almost feel bad for Cleveland from that aspect, where it's like, man, you really gave this guy all this money, and you're getting better production from a guy that was sitting on the couch playing football with his kids. Like, that's yep. crazy. Well, speaking of NFL quarterbacks and contracts, we talked about one right after the show last week. So let's talk about it now on the pod, and that is Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Spence, what is your take generally, and then we can get into some of the specifics, on Sean Payton deciding to bench Russell Wilson? Well, from the business aspect of it, you you get it. You know, you can understand that they want to protect whatever moves that they think they want to make, which is fine. But I think, um, A, I think it's it's disgusting how they've done Russell. Look, I don't, I'm not the hugest Russ fan. I don't think uh, Russell Wilson is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think he's uh, been the best leader of all time. But I do think that he's been quiet, and I think that he's kind of taken the blame for a lot of things that he doesn't deserve. And when you're looking at the way this whole thing is playing out, I just think it's it's insane that they'll give a guy this type of contract and then allow a coach to come in and just completely run them out and, and, and treat them this way. So uh, from that aspect of it, I hate it. I hate it completely. I, I just, uh, and I hope he goes somewhere to where he can play them twice a year and completely dominate them. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? So I then later heard, for, I think from Russell Wilson and then his camp confirmed as well, that he was approached after, or maybe it was right before the Chiefs win. It was right after, to, yep. Right after to restructure some of his contract and change some of his guarantees. He didn't. Then the Broncos went on a little bit of a run, beat a couple teams. And because he had said he wasn't willing to restructure a little bit of his contract, that's when Sean Payton decided that they were just going to bench him so some of the other injury guarantees wouldn't possibly be at risk of getting triggered there. So I think it was really dirty. I think it's something that when the organization decides to trade for Russell Wilson and then extend him, that was part of the reason why he came to Denver. Yep. And that was part of what was negotiated in his contract. It is not fair to come in. We've seen with running backs historically in the NFL the past few seasons, if they perform well, if they come back to the team and say, hey, I've done really well, give me more money, the teams just laugh in their face yep. and say no. But now teams expect the players on the backside to say, hey, for whatever reason, we want you to restructure your deal. If Sean Payton had come to Russ and said, hey, we want you to restructure some of these guarantees, and here's why, here's the money we want to be able to free up to sign these other playmakers to bring them onto the team to help you win a Super Bowl here, that's a different story, that's a different angle, and I think he agrees. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. If this is just a, we want you to change this contract because it was offered to you before I, Sean Payton, came on this team, and you're not the quarterback that I want in two years, so you should change your guarantee so when we release you, it doesn't hurt us as much. No, that is a terrible business move. If I was an NFL free agent, I would be cautious of signing a contract with Sean Payton and the Broncos, knowing how he can treat some of these players. Now, on the flip side, you could say, well, if Sean Payton's the one who offers you the contract, you're his guy, so he wouldn't do that to you. I hear that side of it. I just think this was a really dirty move. Russell Wilson deserved better for everything that he's done and in his career and during his time in Denver. And it was really disappointing to see that happen. But you mentioned you hope he goes somewhere where he can play the Broncos. Right now, if, if you see odds at the end of the season for Russell Wilson's next NFL team, where do you think he could end up? Well, I haven't looked at, at this, but I'm, I was saying all that to say I hope it's the Raiders. I know Raiders fans hate him, so it won't ever happen. But I could imagine Russ throwing that deep ball to Devontae Adams. He has one of the best, you know, anybody who watches the game on, on any real level, you can be honest and know that Russell Wilson has probably the prettiest deep ball still to this day in the league. And if you you pair that with a guy like Devontae Adams, I think that's fun football. But, no, I don't know where he goes, man. I, I would like to, like I said, I would like to see him just get some revenge on those guys. But um, I would also, I could also see him going somewhere um, – like a like a Giants team, depending on if they aren't able, like depending on what happens with this whole contract situation, and if the Giants aren't able to to draft a guy that they wanted, I could see him going there instead, like them trying to figure out something for Daniel Jones, and I don't know, I, I don't know where he goes, man. I think the whole situation is ugly. He should be in Denver for the foreseeable future, based on that contract. So the fact that we're having this conversation is crazy to me, but um, I don't know. I could see him on a couple rosters. Where would you like to see him play? Where would I like to see him play? The Raiders. Where do I think he's going to end up, and I'm kind of nervous, is the Falcons. The Falcons look like another team that might be, in their mind, a quarterback away. They draft Bajan Robinson. They've got players like Drake London, um, Kyle Pitts. They've got decent playmakers on defense. There's a winnable division in the NFC South. So that's a team. And at quarterback, they've got Desmond Ritter, who they've already decided to bench. So... That's a team that I could look at and say, man, they might look at their roster and think we are a veteran quarterback away from stealing a division for at least a couple years. Maybe we still draft a quarterback to sit and learn under Russell Wilson in a very similar way to what I think the Saints thought they were going to do mm-hmm. when they got Derek Carr. They looked at their roster. They looked at the division and said, Where are, we are a veteran quarterback away, so let's go get Derek Carr. I think the Falcons could do something very similar with Russell Wilson, and I would hate to see that as a Saints fan. You know what? As you were talking, I could also see uh, Pittsburgh making a move like that. Yeah. with You're not a Kenny Pickett believer? Yeah. No, no. Kenny Pickett's terrible, man. And then when you look at George Pickens and you look at, you know, they, they do have some receivers over there that, you know, I think could do some damage. They got uh Friar move out tight end. And um, I think they have some, some guys that they can make some, some plays with. They got to draft this. And typically I think they do draft with, especially receivers. They draft, um, you know, the catchers, they need a better running back this year, this off season, in my opinion. Um, but I can see Pittsburgh absolutely making a move like that. And I think with that coach, you know, 
Mike Tomlin never loses. They don't have a losing season under his belt. I could, I could see Russ going there and ending his career on a high note. The only problem is the difference that from the Steelers versus a team like the Falcons is the Falcons would have to, again, look at their team, not just in a vacuum, but in the division and say, where do we stack up? The Steelers in the AFC North, that's a tough division. They're so close. they are they though are are they close when you look at Joe Burrow was injured. So he didn't play. And I think that's important. And then we've he played got played half the season. Let's not act like he was gone the entire year. So he played half the season and in the early first three weeks of the season, coming back from injury, he wasn't playing like Joe Burrow. Right. So yeah. you've got a healthy Joe Burrow coming back. You've got in my mind, the NFL's MVP and Lamar Jackson, you've got a Cleveland Browns team that has made the Super Bowl or made the playoffs without a quarterback who, in their mind, is getting Deshaun Watson, a, a multi Pro Bowl quarterback back next year. That is a tough division. If I was the Steelers, I wouldn't make the move for Russell Wilson. I would draft the quarterback and say, you know what? These next two years are going to be the, the Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson years. And I'm going to come in with a whole roster with a new young quarterback, find my next Roethlisberger, find my next Bradshaw, and then win in 2026. I mean, that's that's a fair way to look at things. I I just see it where I look at it where this year uh, with Kenny Pickett, they were nine and seven, you know, and like you mentioned, the Browns are 11 and five without a quarterback. The Ravens every year. This is the first year Lamar Jackson has been healthy enough to complete a season in a while. So, yeah, they're 13 and three. But every year he typically you look at the Ravens, they're hot early and they fall off in, in December. Um, and then the Bengals. I know you mentioned them. Look, I'm not the biggest Joe Burrow. I think he's great. I think he's fantastic. But like a lot of guys like the way this conversation went, I think we talk about him like he's Patrick Mahomes, like if he was healthy that they would be almost undefeated or something. And I just don't see the roster that way. So I still think it's a division that's tight. And if you're the Steelers at nine and seven with Kenny Pickett, do I think that Russell Wilson can give you two more wins and make you 11 and five like the Browns? I do. I think Russell Wilson is so much better than what we've seen out of Deshaun Watson for the season that he was in. And I think, I mean, I know you just, you know, try to laugh at me for saying Joe Flacco was on a real quarterback after coming off the couch, but I think Russell Wilson could do a lot more in the game than Joe Flacco as well. So, you know, I would like to see him pair up with Amari, uh, you know, you give him a guy like Amari Cooper and see how that goes. But you send him to the Steelers and, and you give him those weapons, man, I, I could absolutely see that being a successful situation for Russell Wilson. I don't think it'll happen, so it's a debate for no reason. But I just, I really, I, I see him going to a team like that, and that could be something great. Well, my big takeaway from your little soliloquy was that you don't like Joe Burrow and that you don't think he's a good quarterback. That's what I heard. And Joe Burrow is a That's winner. That's not what I said. Joe Burrow is a winner. And is. you know who else is a winner, Spence? Me, your boy. I'm a winner. First score of the game last Finally. week for Finally. the first time in 17 weeks. This is going to be the most glorious sounding bell I've ever heard. Stats, <laughs> ring it for me. Ring the bell. Brown's touchdown was the first score of the game. It only took 17 weeks, Spence, but I finally hit it. If if I'm going to hit it, what better way to do it in the last Thursday night football game of the season? Dude, I'm, when it hit, I'm, I literally celebrated for you. I'm like, oh, you finally, it's season over, but you got one.
Yeah, I'm not sure what's better in that scenario. I'm not sure if it would have been better to not hit and just go 0 for 17 or for there to be one and it be in the last week of the season. Yeah, I'm no, okay either way. You got to hit one, though, man. So, no, you did it right. You did it right. So, it, it just felt like that was going to be the one thing that would happen, right? We both had some conservative parlays hit. We both had a few other bets uh, across the game hit. But that felt like the one thing that was almost sure to happen because I hadn't had one all season. In the same way, as a Saints fan, I feel like there's one outcome that is almost a sure thing this week, in Week 18. The Saints are technically on the bubble for the 2024 playoffs. They have two ways to make the playoffs, so one of two things has to happen. Both require a Saints win. I don't think any of the other stuff happens. So I don't think the Saints get it because that's the way the Saints season works, right? They're going to win their game against the Falcons this week, but they need one of either two routes. The other is really simple. They need Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose to the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young, the Panthers, who've only won like two games all season with an interim head coach. The Panthers, who have already been eliminated from the season uh, from a playoff consideration nothing really to play for bucks if they win they're in so it'd be really tough for the panthers to upset the buccaneers but if that were to happen the saints win the nfc south and they're in that's option one and spence when i get done with option two i want you to tell me which route you think has a possibility of happening for my saints okay okay option two three things have to happen saints win already talked about that and then two other games. The Packers have to lose to the Bears. So the Bears have to beat the Packers. And the Cardinals have to beat the Seahawks. If those three things happen, Saints win, Bears over Packers, Cardinals over Seahawks, the Saints win the wild card. So, Spence, two routes. Option one's the division. Saints win, Bucks lose. Option two... Saints make a wild card. Saints win, Packers lose to the Bears, and Seahawks lose to the Cardinals. Do you think either have a shot? To be honest, I think the second option has more of a chance than the first. And I know the first was seem it seems easier because it's just one game, and all you need is for the the Panthers to figure it out and to just win. I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, with the, with the with the Buccaneers being motivated, like, look, we win and we're in and it's our division. And that, I just don't see that happening. For the wild card spot, look, Green Bay hasn't been as impressive this season. And, and we've talked about it a lot on this show this year. Uh, Jordan Love, to me, just hasn't been the guy. He, he just hasn't looked um, anything like, at least, you know, the way everybody had talked about the guy after Aaron Rodgers left was like, you know, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he's not the fall off's not going to be too bad. And you're going to he hasn't looked great at all to me. I know the offensive line needs a bit. I can see the Bears coming out on top in this game. And then the second game, what was the uh, what was the second one? It was Cardinals over Seahawks. Yeah. And before I get there, stats is in the comments throwing out Jordan Love stats saying that he's third in the NFL and TD passes. Guess what? They're not third in the NFL or they're not third in the NFC. How about that? I don't care about it, stats. Huh? Who cares, stats? Stats always wants to throw out stats. But no, back to your game. Look, 
I just I think that scenario, I, I, the, the Cardinals, I picked last week, my game, my pick of the week. I, I asked one of you guys to, te- to tweet it out so I could feel special and retweet it. You both ignored me. I said that I said that the Cardinals were going to beat the Eagles, beat them down straight out money line stats jumped in afterwards. And he's like, wait, do you mean money line or do you mean the spread? And I said straight up money line. And that's they won. right. I could see the Cardinals winning again this weekend. I could see it, man. You know what? That's worth its own separate bell. So stats play the bell for spins for that pick. Cardinals upsetting the Eagles. Huge upset. No one but Spence saw it coming, so he deserves his flowers for that. Here's your problem, Spence. The Seahawks and Packers are both also playing for their playoff lives. The Bears and the Cardinals are both already eliminated. Now, granted, those two games, Bears-Packers and Seahawks-Cardinals, those are rivalry games. So I'm sure the Cardinals would like nothing more to upset another team just to play playoff spoiler to the Seahawks. Same for the Bears and the Packers. But if we're just talking about teams that have something worth playing for, none of them, not the Panthers, the Bears, or the Cardinals, really are playing meaningful football in Week 18. So for the Saints to make the playoffs in either direction, whether it's the division or the wild card, it's going to take some major upsets by teams playing their heart out against other teams that are actually playing for their NFL postseason future. Yeah, but you know how it goes every year. A lot of these guys are playing, you know, for next season. They're, they're putting they're putting tape out there so that way other teams know, like, hey, this guy's a hard worker. This guy's gonna gonna play every snap. It doesn't matter if the game matters or not. He's gonna play, and and so I think that's the case. And then you, you talk about the the Cardinals. Last week they were eliminated, and they went out and they beat the Eagles and. Um, so I think you look at games like this, and then you mentioned that the Seahawks game is a that is a, a rivalry when you're talking about divisional matchups and um, the Bears and the Packers. Same thing. Um, the the Bears hate the Packers, man. <laughs> so right. just just the fact that like, hey, cheeseheads are going to be around. No, let's hate. We hate these guys. Let's get them out of here. So I, I think it could. You know, I think it has a chance, man. And I, I, I'm, for your sake, I'm hoping that it happens. I think if I'm being honest with you, I think the, the thing I would be more nervous about is just because you know, the first part has to be that they have to win. It's like, wait, I, we, we, we should beat the Falcons. Like we, we should beat them, but we should, but we lost to them already once. This and that's season. the, that's the problem for me. Yeah. What about your bills? Do they win the division? Uh, I, I think we do. I, I think it's, um, and I hate to sound like one of these guys now. I, I feel like the script has, has been set, man. Like, you know, you get to a point early in the season where, myself included every bills fan really thought that we were down and out that there was no path back and now you're in a position where the buffalo bills are playing for the number two seed you know it's like you play for the number two seed and that's it and it's just an incredible storyline but i just the way i see it I, i feel like there's no way the nfl does not have josh allen be a part of the playoffs man like when you have a year where you just talked about how joe burrow's out you talked about um, Deshaun Watson being out, we can t- we can go through the quarterback injuries uh, for both sides, NFC and the AFC. They're going to want quarterback star power in the playoffs. Uh, not that I think the NFL is fixed or anything, but I no, just never. I, I really do think that we're going to go down there and, and uh, get that victory, and it's going to be one of the best storylines of the year. Well, speaking of best storylines of the year, we mentioned that I had my first score of the game bet finally hit after 17 weeks. 
what better way to end and the perfect storyline for our final MCU Marvel trivia question of the week, where since there's no Thursday night football game, stats can pull any line, any spread from any game across the NFL Week 18 slate, which is always tough considering uh, we never know what players are going to be playing necessarily, what starters are going to be in, how long they're going to play. But last week, Spence, you actually got the question right, but then the bet came on my side. So I actually won with Amaro Cooper over 58 and a half receiving yards. I was stuck with the under. I wasn't happy about it. I thought he was going to zoom past that total. But I backed into the win, just like I'm hoping my Saints can back into an NFL postseason berth. So let's welcome stats onto the show now, more than just giving you some evil eyes. This is a very easy Marvel trivia question. If you don't get this, I will be eternally disappointed and lose respect for you on multiple levels. Well, get ready to be disappointed in me. Okay. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tony Stark has a daughter with Pepper Potts. Name that daughter. Uh, don't don't look at me. Don't uh, look at me. I got nothing. I got nothing. Morgan H. Stark, you want some lunch? Morgan is her name. That's right. He says it multiple times, and he even goes middle name at one point, I believe. I was ready for a uh, I love you number. That's what I was getting mentally prepared for, but instead you hit me with a name and I wasn't ready for it. I love you 3000. That's who you thought I was going to go. Yeah. See the I thing is, and I already know I'm going to get yelled at by like five people because I'm like, don't look at me there. And I should have known that one. I'll tell you though, those, those last couple movies were like, she was like, where the discussion was, was really kind of centered around her for certain points. I didn't care about her. Like, it was like, wait, are we getting the, are we getting everyone else back? Like everyone's dead. What, what like, so that's where I, I could, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I thought for the last it. week, stats, you were about to tell us that you loved us 3,000. That's what I thought. But no. You were somewhere in the low six to 900 branch. That's fair. That's fair. Well, hit me with the, the final bet of the season. All right. Well, this is also an easy bet, and it's the line in the Eagles-Giants game. Right now, the Eagles are favored by five and a half points, but all does not seem to be right in the city of brotherly love. Well, you know what? I would take this bet anyway, and I feel like this is setting up Spence to take the bet that he would want. I'm going to take the Eagles with the points to cover and beat the Giants by more than the five and a half. I think they beat them by a touchdown or more. What about you, Spence? I'm going to say my dog, my guy, Tyrod, Ty God, Fly God Taylor comes out and he does what he does. And he's going to show what I've been saying all season, that the Philadelphia Eagles are not the team that everybody thinks they are. They're not dominant. They're not that great. Jalen Hurts is not the guy that we all want him to be. He just runs it in from one yard out. So he has 80 touchdowns on the year. They don't give it to anybody else at the one yard line. Other than that, the Eagles are not the team. The coach is not good. They're, they're, I saw an article yesterday that says A.J. Brown is frustrated with the offense and with the coach and that the team is like falling apart at the seams in the locker room. Tyrod's going to show it, man. And, and, and my guy, my guy, the guy that I wanted to, to succeed, Sean McDermott in Buffalo, yep, I said it. I shouldn't have said it. Bills fans, don't be mad at me. I don't care. But the Giants are going to do it. He's going to come back. And look. Forget the Eagles, man. They're going to lose week one in the playoffs, too. How about that? If Dang, we're not wow. back to say that, they're, they're, they're eliminated first week in the playoffs, too. 
So from Spence, we've got Eagles are garbage. Jalen Hurts is mid. Trash. Uh, oh, he's not. Wow, he's not, not even really giving a mid. Hey, I didn't really say that part. I was joking here, but but he no. But yeah, no. The Eagles, they're not mid. The problem is they're just at the front office, man, and and the coach. I never was a huge believer in the coach. I think a lot of things happened right for those guys to look the way that they looked. A lot of luck. Now we're seeing that he's just not a good NFL coach. We're seeing it. So you you got that collection of talent, and this is what's happening in December. It remind me of the Dolphins. The Dolphins are falling apart. They, well, the Dolphins fall apart every December, though. Wow, wow. You know what? The Dolphins are going to be my AFC pick to make the Super Bowl. So watch out because they're about to beat your Bills. They got to beat the Bills week. first Sunday, man. Yep, it's happening. All right, Spence. Anything else across the NFL that we should hit before we get out of there? Uh, no. I think uh, at least from from. What I can think of, I think we've kind of touched on everything. Yeah, I, I think we've hit most of the stuff. A lot of the the big games heading into the week, some of the uh, the playoff spots that are still up for grabs, some of the divisions that are still up for grabs. So good luck oh. to your Bills this week. Well, I do have one. I do have one. We talked about Flacco earlier as far as like his contract and all that stuff. I, there's been an interesting conversation amongst Bills fans because obviously I'm a Bills fan. So DeMar Hamlin has rarely played throughout the season. But he kind of came back from, like, probably the death. thing that's toughest yeah. to come back from. Uh, he came back from death twice. So he came back this year, and he's odds are that he's favorite to run away with this uh, Comeback Player of the Year award. But now Joe Flacco is getting some love for his performance over the last five games. How do you feel? Do you feel that the award should just almost be a, a shoo-in or a gimme to DeMar? Or do you feel like, you know, Flacco should really get more consideration for what he's done? Let's be honest. The NFL is going to give it to DeMar Hamlin. Um, I think that for so many reasons, the look of the NFL and what they need to do, considering player safety and the way that contact football is viewed, they need the positive shine there, and they need to give it to DeMar Hamlin. And I think that's what's going to happen. Who deserves it more? It's Flacco. Like, DeMar Hamlin wasn't even active in some of the games that we're going to say he was a comeback player for. So, yeah, don't don't look at me like that, Stats. Joe Flacco has bit, made a bigger contribution to his team than DeMar Hamlin. What, what Stats? Go ahead, talk to us. The man came back from the dead. What did Joe, ba- Joe Flacco come back from? Sucking? What, what are we talking? He came back literally from the dead. To Joe- do what? career was dead yeah and then flacco revitalized it what did demar hamlin come back from the dead to do to then suck like he's no, on the field again demar hamlin would need to come back again to now not suck demar hamlin stepped on the field the last time he was on it he died you know how much courage that takes what are we talking about joe flacco what the man yeah. died but then he came back from the death to suck and be inactive. Hold on. In the history of the planet, how many other people have come back from the dead? Then suck in the NFL? A lot of them. I know a lot of people who've come back from the dead to be inactive in NFL games. I will tell you, though, Chris, for the, for the record. Wait, I do want to throw this out there. DeMar Hamlin was not considered a star player before he died like he he was a role player he was a special teams guy and he was a backup safety so he came back to go back to his role he's a special teams player 
He's a, a third string safety because we have some depth there at for Buffalo. So really, he came back to his role. He came back to do exactly what he was doing before. I think the expectation of the performance is where the conversation changes, but he really came back to his role. So I don't know. I feel like that's where the conversation gets blurry for a lot of people. But to come back from the dead, man, like, are you kidding me, Chris? Come on, dude. I didn't, I was not expecting your take to be that, honestly. So we're Yes, we're, no. That my take is it's easy to come back from the dead. Okay. Zombies do it all the time. And you know what the walking dead you never see? You never see them catch an NFL pass. You never see them throw an NFL touchdown. That's what Flacco did. His career was dead. He resurrected it and has played better. Damar Hamlin died and he came back to not be a contributor to the Bills. Flacco for comeback player of the year. Said it here. Shout out to Damar, man. Shout out, shout out to Damar and his camp. So with that stats, before I get struck by lightning and die and have to come <laughs> back, hit us with the outro and take us home. Mm-hmm.